0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's International Dog Day today so if you do have a nice dog and you want to give them a well-deserved mention uh, on air this evening on Room 104. 87 ah. 6797
1: Cassandra has text back in this is my dog a miniature schnauzer.
0: A miniature schnauzer? Love it. That does not sound like a type of dog. It
1: does. It sounds
0: like a shop you'd go into can I have a
1: miniature schnauzer? That's what you'd see. You wouldn't see many of them Sir, in Dublin would you? are back. You wouldn't, really.
0: They're in the back. Right, so if you have any good dogs, we'll take them this evening, 0876797104, because now for you, we have, for the day that's in it, a dog psychologist. His name is Mark Beckhoff. He joins us on the line now. Mark, thanks a million for popping on. How are you today? I'm
2: doing fine. Thank you for having me on this wonderful day.
0: Oh, no worries at all. As I said, it's a wonderful day. I'm going to presume, Mark, that you are a a, a dog person over a cat person? Yes,
2: well, I'm a human person over a cat person, but... um, (laughs) yeah i'm allergic to cats although i love cats so i'll have to say that i don't know if there's a, an international cat day but if there's not somebody should start it today yeah definitely
1: no there is believe me there is i've celebrated <laughs> it on my own with my cat um, <laughs> okay because <laughs> anytime i bring this up people are like i hate cats i way prefer dogs and let's be honest dogs are a bit friendlier and they do love us like my cat loves me when i give her chicken and that's pretty much it.
2: Cats love you too. They just, they show it in a different way. That's but it. Anyway, <laughs> today's the day for dogs.
0: <laughs> Mark, you've obviously looked into into this a lot, right? But broadly speaking, why do we have such a deep connection with
2: dogs? Many people have a deep connection with dogs, but one of the things that people don't know is that about 85% of all the dogs in the world are on their own or pretty much on their own. So we focus a lot on homed Dogs, you know, dogs who live with humans. Um, And I don't know what it's like in Ireland, although I have a fairly good idea that you're probably consistent with the rest of the world there's just a lot of dog abuse and dog mistreatment so what i like to say is that many people love dogs you know surely not everyone
1: i agree yeah yeah, yeah. i think a lot of irish people love dogs don't
2: they yeah, most people have a pet
0: um yeah but i think you are right um mark as well that there is an awful lot of unfortunately dog abuse and animal abuse
2: my specialty is really of studying free-ranging dogs you know dogs running around on their own in the mountains outside of boulder colorado where i live or at dog parks or on trails i I'm an ecologist, I've done many years of work on coyotes and wolves, so that's my specialty, social behavior and play behavior. focused a lot on play behavior in dogs for many many decades
1: So can dogs laugh?
2: Yes There's some good evidence that they laugh. I mean you know when we see or hear the same behavior in humans or even in non-human primates like chimpanzees or gorillas we call it laughing. There's some evidence that dogs can laugh and my personal view is that yes dogs can laugh and so too can many other animals but it's not been studied in great detail but there was a woman a few years ago who Did do some really nice studies and she agreed dogs can laugh.
1: And how do we know if our dog is laughing at us?
2: Well, the way that people study laughing in dogs and other animals is often when they play with one another, they do what they call a panting vocalization that actually sounds like a laugh and has the same physical characteristics as laughing. I don't think there's any non human who necessarily laughs at our jokes like we may laugh at our jokes, but that doesn't mean they don't laugh when they're happy or having fun. So people often call it play laughter. You know, they're just having a good time and they're going... (laughs) And it sounds like and looks like laughing.
1: Do you know what's so funny? Because I used to always say to my friend, if you're petting the dog or it's excited, and it does look like it's smiling. A friend of mine was like, yeah, she's smiling. I'm like, no, she's not. She's a dog. She can't smile.
2: No, dogs smile. Many animals smile, actually. But once again, a lot of humans like to reserve those kinds of emotions or um, actions to just humans or non-human primates like the great apes. But there's really no reason to think that dogs don't and other animals don't smile. All
0: oh. right. So, would dogs then have a broad range of emotions? So, if they can smile and feel happy, then I imagine they can feel sad. But do do they experience everything else in between?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, there's really great evidence that dogs, you know, feel pleasure. They feel pain. They feel sadness, grief. They grieve the loss of friends and family. And there's great evidence that they feel jealousy. And the one emotion that we're not sure about, although I bet my house that we will learn, dogs also feel guilt. A lot of people say, oh no, you know, there's been studies that show that dogs don't feel guilt. And really what those studies show is that humans aren't very good at reading possible guilt in dogs, but we don't know. So the answer to your question is yes. I think that as time goes on, we'll discover that dogs have very similar emotions as humans and chimpanzees but that's not to say that they're identical to ours. My happiness and grief may not be the same as yours but it doesn't mean that I have it and you don't. So I'm sure that as time goes on we'll learn that dogs have this broad spectrum of emotions.
1: I've seen so many videos of a human coming home and their dog has just ripped the couch apart and they have that guilty look on their face. <laughs> they knew that they
0: did something wrong. Yeah, dogs definitely know, understand guilt. They, yeah. You can see that numerous times. But
1: Cute I, that we don't care. We're just like it's okay.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's gotten to the point now where you know I've got hundreds of stories, and now I have two more. You know, that <laughs> dogs feel guilt. So yeah, I mean, I think the point you made too is a really important one. Is you know. No one I know, and I hope there's no one who would doubt that dogs enjoy playing or, or, or else they wouldn't voluntarily play. But like you said, if they can enjoy all these positive emotions or feel these positive emotions, they can feel negative emotions. And, you know, that's why I say that, you know, dogs aren't our best friends. It sounds good to say they are, but they're not. Dogs aren't unconditional lovers. I think the one of the main lessons that we can learn from dogs is that they're really picky about You know, who they love And if you've ever rescued a dog Who's had a hard time uh, Before you've rescued them You know how selective they can be So my work is sort of dispel myths And I've written two books In the last uh, two years One's called Canine Confidential And the other is called Unleashing Your Dog
0: What are then some of the Kind of common myths Apart from the, the ones you mentioned Is there any other ones That you've come across time and time again That you're like Oh hang on That might necessarily be true
2: One that we have in the States I don't know if you've got an island, but I'll bet you do. Is that, you know, people think that dogs make good gifts. And they give, you know, it's a myth that dogs make good gifts. I mean, if you want to give a dog to somebody, you ought to find out before you give it to them, they really want a dog. Um, Another myth is that all dogs need is a soft bed and good food. They don't. They really need a strong, positive connection. They need to feel safe. They need to trust you and they need to feel love another myth is that we shouldn't hug dogs and that drives me crazy because not all dogs love to be hugged but i always say if your dog loves to be hugged then you you know you can never hug them too much yeah another myth is that dogs don't hold grudges they supposedly live in the present and that's just another myth i mean you know once again if you've rescued a dog who's had a hard time before you took them into your home and into your heart you know that they're not unconditional lovers, and you know I've I've known dogs who have grudges against men who have against men because men in the past have abused them. So if you really want to get the most out of your dog, you've got to give them. I just like to say you've got to give them all the love you can, and you have to understand that they are really deeply healing beings and they need more than just a good dog pat on the head you know they need more than just good food so you know those are among the best there's there's tons of them out there but you know people like to say we should if we lived like dogs then we would be better humans and i always say no 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 you really don't because (laughs) because part of dog living is they live with their noses and they put their noses in all different places where if a human did, it would be spending your night at, or at least one night in jail. So, um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please you don't know, live I like think, dogs. Yeah. Mean, yeah, But I do mean that. I mean, I think the best, the best life for a dog is to, as we say in our book, unleashing your dog is to unleash your dog when you can and let them be dogs and also understand that there's dog appropriate behavior and there's human appropriate behavior and sometimes they miss, and sometimes they don't but as a human guardian you know you really are obliged to do everything you can to give your dog the best life possible and the other myth is that you know people like to talk about the dog they'll go dogs like this dogs don't like this dogs do this dogs don't do this and the best relationship and understanding you can have for a dog is to appreciate every dog as the individual they are and I'm sure any of you or any of your listeners have lived with more than one dog, they'll tell you that there are marked differences in personality, even among, you know, uh, siblings and littermates. The true relationship that you want to develop with a dog is appreciate them for the unique individuals they are. And then just love them with all your heart. You can, in my attitude, I've lived with many dogs, I've studied dogs for decades, you can never love them that much and another myth of course is that they use us for food and and all this no they don't dogs love these mutually tolerant reciprocal relationships
1: there's a lot of talk about this here in ireland some dog breeds are dangerous and others aren't is it the type of dog you get or is it actually in the breed
2: yeah i i I mean, I know that some breeds have been, you know, produced by humans to have certain traits, but breeds don't have personalities. Individual dogs do. And so even across work dogs or other dogs, some of whom, you know, get a bad rap, you'll find very, very many exceptions. So my advice to people is treat the dog as an individual forget about the breed and just treat them as an individual and you give them a lot of love they'll return the love sometimes it's a harder sell depending on who the dog is but i really think a lot of breeds get a bad rap and a lot of how a dog behaves is a hundred percent dependent on the human with whom they live. Mm. You know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I'm gonna get a dog who's gonna be really assertive or aggressive, and that's how they treat them. Or vice versa, you know, I'm gonna get myself a lung muffin, and then, you know, they'll do anything I want. That's my take. I think we need to be very, very careful about what i call breedism and just think that all dogs who are a member of the same breed are alike because they're surely not and anybody who knows dogs will tell you that
0: yeah i think that's right because i always thought that there was a certain breed of dog that was aggressive and i remember one of the first um not experiences i had with a dog is that my uh, my dad brought us across the road to the to the guy who had an alsatian Mm. and the alsatian was the friendliest dog in the world but just because it was black and orange and looked threatening yeah. I was terrified to go near it. But they were just like, no, that's fine, don't worry about it. I was like, oh, God, But it's portrayed like
1: that in films as well. Yeah, you true. Know, they're the guard dog, yeah, the scary yeah. one, the, the Rottweiler and the Alsatian. Yeah, and, it was an Alsatian
2: you
0: know? that, I, that I had, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, friends of mine, you know, I'm not a dog trainer, but I know people who have worked with guard dogs and I've known people who have worked with different sorts of service dogs. And it's really amazing what you can get all these dogs to do when you, if you will, teach them nicely you know using positive reinforcement and positive training it's really amazing what you can get them to do so of course if you beat a dog for doing something or you you know you shock a dog or do something like that you will produce a dog who's got some severe psychological problems and then yeah that's individual dog might have a short fuse you know may may be very assertive or aggressive when another dog wouldn't just because of the way that they were treated so i always tell people number one when you get a dog it's an amazingly um it's a real obligation you are obliged to do all you can for that individual number one and number two don't stereotype them you know if you rescue the dog who's been abused like i have it's going to take a time it's going to take a while in order for them to gain your trust um, and just love them as you would a kid and don't beat them and don't yell at them and don't use any kind of punishment or aversive training because then you're just sort of, if you will, you're just continuing the way in which they were reared. You know, that's my take. And I and I really believe that, that um, I think that that really is a good way to ensure or increase the probability that you'll really have a good companion, good canine companion.
0: Well, listen, Mark, thanks a million for popping on today for International Dog Day. I know you have got that article on psychology today, which we will tweet out from the Room 104 Twitter account if you want to have a read of it more. But um, for maybe a, a link to some of the other work that you've done, the other books that you've published, other research that you've done, where's the best place like, do you've, um, a website or social media handles people can connect with you on? The best
2: would be com, and there's a link there. That's My homepage is markbeckoff.com and then there's a link there for books. I really welcome them to visit there. And if they have any questions, they can find me on the web and send me an email. My goal is just to have every single dog in the world, including the millions who live on their own, to have the very best life possible.
0: And that's a pretty good aim in life to have, I think.
2: It is, absolutely. Uh,
0: Listen, uh, Mark Beckhoff, thanks a million for popping on this evening and and for giving up your time.
2: You bet. Thank you very much and have a good evening.
0: We will indeed. Thank you. On the way, we're going to be getting back to some of your dog photos that you've sent in, but also there are incredibly rich dogs out there, some who worked in the movies, but then there are also some quote-unquote dog influencers. You know, the most famous dogs on Instagram, they're making an absolute fortune. We might go through the list of those for you next.